to Off Trail Learning. This is Blake Bowles. This is the second episode we've done about going back to school after being raised unschooled. And my guest today has an even more interesting story. She was raised unschooled. She decided to go back to school, and then she left school again for her senior year. And so Nakaya is an interesting case, and we get to dig into all the reasons why school is a good idea sometimes, and it's not a good idea other times. And she's a great example of the freedom that everyone really has, the legal freedom to join school and then to leave school and to design your education as you see fit. Sometimes structured elements like school are more appropriate or you're craving the social environment that school offers. And sometimes it's the unstructured freedom, the blank canvas of unschooling or being part of a self-directed learning center that's more appropriate for your current stage. Without further ado, here's Nakaya. My guest today is Nakaya Childs, a 23-year-old grown unschooler slash high schooler slash unschooler slash soon-to-be college graduate who lives in Philadelphia. Welcome, Nakaya. Thanks, Blake. So we're talking about going back to school, and you have a really interesting story being raised as, uh, well, I won't even, I will, will not even attempt. Can you, <laughs> can you give me the, the quick play-by-play of your education history? Yeah, okay. So I have had a crazy educational path. I initially went to an elementary school in the suburbs of Philadelphia that was a church school of the religion that my father is, um, and I went to that school from kindergarten through third grade. I then unschooled for uh, six years and then went to high school in Philadelphia for three years. I then unschooled again for one more year and then jumped around from college to college, landing eventually at Bryn Mawr College, which is where I am now. So the number of educational situations that you have been in up to this point exceeds the number of fingers you have, it seems. <laughs> yeah, there, there have been a lot of different ways that I have learned to learn in this world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, let me dig into this a little bit. So uh, when you started unschooling around fourth grade, whose decision was that? Uh, you're still pretty young at this point. Yeah, I was, I was young. I came home every day from, I think, second and third grade and said to my mom, very cheerfully, she always says, I hate school. (laughs) Um, And she never really took me very seriously. Lots of kids hate school, she thought to herself. Um, But I was very persistent. I, um, I never really complained about it at length. I was just sort of a cheery person. Um, but because of the number of times that I would come home and just simply say that I hated school and didn't want to go back, she thought, well, maybe you shouldn't go back. <laughs> um, I hadn't ever really considered not going. I didn't, I'm, I think I may have known homeschoolers, but for whatever reason, I didn't consider it an option for myself. So it was her idea, but I was very excited about it. And it was my decision. She proposed homeschooling. We hadn't heard of unschooling at that point, but we sort of tried to invent it for ourselves. Um, We called it essential self-schooling. And it was all about like focusing on getting to know ourselves. We did it together. My mom and I both said that we essential self-schooled and my sister as well. All of us together wanted to focus on figuring out what we liked to do and then do it. So it was my mom's idea, but I made the final decision. 
Uh, you signed off on it. You had yeah, veto power. I did. <laughs> and, uh, and you are you the youngest of uh, three total? Yes. Great. Yeah. And the, what was the situation with your siblings? So my brother at that point, I was going into fourth grade, so he would have been, I think he was going into high school. And he never really liked school, but was just beginning to like develop a good friend group for himself and decided that he didn't want to um, leave social situation mm-hmm. that he was in. So he continued uh, school while my sister and I both quit together. She was uh, going into sixth grade. I was going into fourth grade. Got it. So you two and your mom together mm-hmm. did your essential self-schooling, which looked a lot like unschooling. Yeah. And we pretty quickly found unschooling by the end, I think, of the first year. We found out other people were doing this too. You're not the only ones. <laughs> and that, what did unschooling look like for you? Like, what was a, a day in the life uh, during these these years from fourth grade through ninth grade, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think the first few years looked the way that a lot of my friends have described their first few years, especially those first few months looking, which is the first time that there is an opportunity to do whatever you want. You really just want to, like sit still and like prove it to yourself like how much tv can i get away with watching (laughs) how many video games can i play like there's this feeling of like can i really do whatever i want um and i i definitely did some of that but pretty quickly tv starts to feel boring and you realize that if you can do anything there are more interesting things you can do i spent a lot of my time as soon as i was old enough to babysit i was maybe 13 or 14 i started spending as much of my time as i possibly could babysitting because i wanted to dance as much as possible and um my mom and i had an agreement where it changed throughout the years but i was always helping pay for my dance classes and my dance costumes and in order to sustain that I needed to work a lot so I babysat a lot and I did some house cleaning um and then I also was a really big fan of making up magical worlds I spent almost all of my time drawing maps and creating languages and creating like war history and like more specifically I'd like create characters and create their emotional worlds. And I think that I, in a way used that um, creation of other worlds, similar to how I've heard people talk about um, reading. I feel like it helps me sort of understand other people, even though mm-hmm. they weren't real mm-hmm. people, they were people I were inventing. I think that it was a tool to explore the idea of people being very different from me. Um, and then I also, I occasionally did more schoolish sounding things, but I really, I had it in my mind that I hated school. That's why I left. I thought that I hated math. I thought that I hated writing. I thought that I hated reading. I thought I hated everything. <laughs> so I did a lot of doing as little of that as I possibly could, especially for the first few years. Um, but even you, up until... You very consciously avoided academic subjects. Yes, yeah. as much as I possibly could. We live in Pennsylvania, so I had to have a portfolio to submit at the end of the year. But oftentimes, I would try to get away with doing just what was in my portfolio. It was supposed to be a sample, but oftentimes it was the whole thing. I would do like <laughs> 10 pages of math, and secretly that was all I did all year. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had it in my mind that I did not like the anything academic. Um, for most of that time. Okay. And it, it sounds like 
you are going to be entering a transition period here. Uh, like, <laughs> how did this evolve as, as you got closer to eighth, ninth grade age? Did yeah, go ahead. So the reason I decided to go back to high school wasn't because I decided I was interested in academics. It was because my family decided to move to Philadelphia and I did a little research and found out that in terms of hours of working, it would be cheaper if I thought of school academic like class hours as working, it would be cheaper to go to this creative informing arts high school that I chose to go to, um, to quote unquote pay for my dancing than it would be to babysit and use that to pay for my dancing. So oh it was like gosh. the more profitable option. It was like what, the- what a ruthless, <laughs> ruthless economic logic you employed there. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny to me that that's how I made that decision. Um, but yeah, so I was I, even up until eighth grade and uh, until I was like thirteen or fourteen, I still had it in my mind that I did not like school. I did not like math. I did not like literature. Um, but I decided that it was worth trying out those things again in order to quote unquote pay for my dancing because I went to a charter school so it was free for me to attend um so long as I got in which I did um I actually ended up going I started school uh two months late because I wanted to attend not back to school camp that year (laughs) um but I convinced them to let me start the academic year in October (laughs) (laughs) well done and uh dove right in all right, so it sounds like dance is a real motivating factor in your life. And it has been. It's decreasing now, but at that time in my life, mm-hmm. it was very important to me. Yeah, it, the fact that you were working and earning money for your uh, your own dance classes and, and costumes was uh, impressive in itself. But it's, you know, for somebody who seems so anti-school uh, to <laughs> consider going back to a public school, even if it is a, a charter school focused on creative and performing arts, uh, I mean, that sounds like a giant compromise for you. Like, what, did this make you nervous in any way? Did you, did you feel like maybe you're, you'd be making the wrong decision? So I was pretty certain. I was pretty certain in my decision to go back to school. Um, but I was very nervous. I was very sure that I hadn't learned any math in the last six years. And I was sure that I wasn't going to be prepared academically. Um, For the month or two leading up to the beginning of school, I sort of tried to catch up. Um, Like I did a little bit of like math review and um, I mean, not a whole lot. I wasn't really sure (laughs) what I needed to know. (laughs) Maybe not that much. Okay. (laughs) But I had the idea that it was something I ought to do. (laughs) I definitely didn't think that I had learned the things I was supposed to. And it wasn't that I didn't think that I'd learned. I was confident that through unschooling, I had grown in lots of ways that I thought were important, but I didn't think that I knew the bits of arbitrary information that the public school system would have decided mattered. (laughs) So I was super nervous, especially for math, but for everything. And, um, by the end of my second week, I was no longer nervous. <laughs> it was really, really interesting going into high school with the perspective that you learn everything that really matters through unschooling, but that there are lots of gaps in terms of what society thinks you should know. Going in with that perspective, I was 
surprised how much more prepared for high school I felt I was than my peers. In general, everybody that I went to high school with, not literally everyone, but it almost always felt like everyone (laughs) didn't really want to be there. They wanted to be doing whatever art form they were majoring in, but primarily I would say 80 to 90% of the people that I interacted with on a day-to-day basis at my high school were tired of going to school. They didn't want to learn math anymore. They didn't want to learn history anymore. While I, through unschooling, had learned to be really excited about learning things and was surprised to find that school felt like a big pile of things that I got to learn about. (laughs) Um, I love that visual. (laughs) Yeah, it was like very exciting to me that it just felt like somebody handing me a bunch of new resources. It didn't feel, I mean, I chose to go back to school, so I didn't feel stuck. I didn't feel like my classmates did or how I perceived my classmates feeling of like that I had to be there and that there was no escape. I knew because my mom always reiterated this to me that I could leave at any point and that I was there to learn. And I really, really loved it. I loved specifically, I loved math. I found really quickly that I was sort of somehow magically those six years without doing any math didn't negatively impact me. It seems like all people really learned in those six years were division, which I taught myself and like some very basic algebra, which I learned in a week in that first week of school. Um, By the end of my second week, at Kappa, my high school teacher was joking that I should probably be in pre-cal because it just came so naturally to me because I was willing to put in the time to learn it because I wanted to learn it. I was there because I was excited about it, <laughs> um, which was really you had, lucky. You had chosen to go to this school. Right. Unlike, I was there by choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> which I have this, this, this visual analogy growing in my mind, Nakaya, of, of you having this sort of appetite for learning like you're you're hungry whereas everyone else has been standing in this buffet for (laughs) for nine years already and they're like i am stuffed i do not want to eat anymore yeah like bring it on (laughs) exactly it's a very good analogy (laughs) yeah i think i'm also hungry right now just (laughs) hence yeah i think i remember feeling a little bit that way in kindergarten and pretty quickly becoming disenchanted and already overstuffed by the time I was in second grade, but then having had six years off to explore the world the way I wanted to, I was hungry again. And yeah, everyone else was really full (laughs) and did not want to take in any more. So we covered the kind of academic concerns that you had and how they they seemed pretty unfounded after you got there. What about Mm -hmm. any social concerns you had like after being out of the school system for so long did you were you unsure of whether you would be accepted by other uh, teenagers in high school did you you know have these ideas about what it was going to be like Um, how did that go I wasn't too worried about making friends I I think that in unschooling one of the most important things that I learned is like a certain kind of self-reliance in the face of social situations. Like as an unschooler, you meet so many kinds of people um, and engage with and work with so many kinds of people that 
I felt like it would probably just work out fine. And I was actually somewhat disappointed. Um, I did end up making a couple of really good friends, some of whom I've stayed close with even now. But in general, I was pretty turned off by how full everybody was. (laughs) Like, it was really frustrating to me that Mm. I was... Um, that the people around me didn't want to be where they were. I found it really exhausting to be constantly around people that were displeased with their lives and not doing anything about it. And this um, is a, a charter school. This is a magnet school where people had to, they had to compete right. to get into this, right? <laughs> yeah. And freshman year, it wasn't so bad. People were excited. They had gotten into the school they were trying to go to. They were excited about their major. But by the sophomore and junior year, Lots of the people had decided they didn't really want to do whatever it was they'd come there to do in the long term um, and were much less enchanted, which did you stick with. <laughs> did you stick with dance? Did, did that continue to enchant you? I was, I mean, I going into high school, I wanted to be a professional dancer. And by the time I left in my junior year, I loved dance very much and hoped to dance for the rest of my life, but I no longer wanted to make money from dancing, which was a common experience among my peers. Um, some of some of the people in my class didn't even want to dance anymore at all, um, which was a big part of why I decided, decided to leave in the end. Um, I remember yeah. in my freshman yeah, j- j- year... Jump right into sorry, that. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really curious why why you decided to leave after the, after 11th grade. So you you can bridge right into that. Yeah. So in my junior year, I think there were, there were a few components. There was the increasing feeling of being, I felt like I was being a little bit brainwashed. (laughs) Um, There's very much, very there's a very strong push for at least where I went to school and I imagine in a lot of public high schools maybe all public high schools there's a very strong push for living a particular life that I wasn't very interested in or thought that I wasn't interested in which is just like you know you go to school from kindergarten until you finish your undergrad degree or your master's degree or whatever. Um, and you're miserable the whole time, but you just do it anyway. <laughs> and um, I just really didn't like being around people that were taking school so seriously. <laughs> I felt mm. like it was the wrong attitude. Um, but I would say the main reasons I left, I think there are th- maybe three main reasons. The first was that dancing was becoming less satisfying. A lot of my fellow dance majors were very, um, were no longer enchanted by dance or no longer wanted to pursue a career in dance and just were not putting the same amount of energy into our major classes. Like they either wouldn't turn up or they wouldn't really work their hardest or they would only turn up if they got a special role in some piece. And I found it really sad and exhausting to see like the dreams fade out of everyone. Um, the second reason was that I felt like I'd gotten everything I could academically. I ended up really loving math and doing, taking all the math classes they had, which was just uh, algebra and algebra two geometry and pre-cal. Um, in three years, I ended up doubling up on math one year. I gave up lunch to do an extra math class um, because 
I loved it so much. And that meant that for my senior year, I didn't have any math left to take. So I was like, well, I should probably just leave and go take math somewhere else <laughs> because they're all out of math for me here. Um, <laughs> they ran out of your favorite dish. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the final reason was that um, I was particularly from the beginning and it never got better sad I was always very sad about how teachers and students interacted I felt that every teacher that I interacted with approached me and all my classmates as though we didn't want to be there which was true for most of us for most of my peers but it was really hard for me to have to constantly prove to every adult that I interacted with that I wanted to learn um that they should really do their best to teach me because that's what I was there for. And, um, and in general, as an unschooler, I was treated as a, as an equal by most of the adults that I met and that I interacted with to some extent. I mean, you know, everyone always tends to treat kids like their kids in a way that I'm sort of against, but (laughs) to some extent as an unschooler, people respected my ideas. They, were curious about what I had to say. And in school, I felt like the teachers, the adults tend to assume the worst of the students and the students tended to assume the worst of the teachers. Mm -hmm. And I was tired of all those assumptions. Mm -hmm. And you had had this taste in your earlier years as an unschooler of these more respectful, uh, you know, adult-child relationships. Right. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I've, you're throwing me back to my own time in high school also where, <laughs> you know, it's like you are presumed guilty until you mm-hmm. can prove that you yourself innocent. Exactly, and, yeah. And, and this this power dynamic, this hierarchy is just there. It's, it's, it's awful. presumed. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what a weird, what a weird environment that we, we never, you know, most of us never enter into again for the rest mm-hmm. of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you Hopefully. know, we can talk about <laughs> employment as a, as a certain version of that, but, mm-hmm. uh, okay. So you're getting fed up, uh, because mm-hmm. there's no more math because your, your peers in the dance program were becoming jaded at the, mm-hmm. at the tender age of 16, already jaded. <laughs> and the, the, the teachers, the adults, uh, were not, were not really doing it for you. And so what, when did you decide, like, I, I should really just stop going and I should do something else uh, for 12th grade? Be- because so many people, and I'm sure you, you got told this also, it's like, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Just keep yeah. going. Just graduate. Why are you messing up your, your high school yes. transcript? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Every single person. <laughs> I think that I couldn't have made that decision without my mom. Um, because when you are embedded into a community, it's really hard not to take on the values of that community to some extent. And everyone at my high school thought that I should stay, thought that, you know, leaving is dropping out. You're, you know, throwing your life away. Um, At the end of your junior year, the beginning of your senior year at the school that I went to, they post your ranking. And, um, just as I was leaving, I found out that I was third in my entire class. And I knew because the top two people were my best friends <laughs> that, um, that I was only behind by point one. <laughs> and I was just, it was just, I think it infuriated everybody that I would leave as third in my class. Um, it just felt like, like I was throwing my life away and nobody... 
Resist Did you get any, any resentment? Did you get anyone, you know, kind of saying, Nikaya, you, you feel like you're too good for school? Um, did that ever get, get thrust in your direction? I had a lot of that internally. <laughs> I imagined people telling me that a lot. I mm-hmm. felt really self-conscious about that. Um, I felt like I, I was very aware of the privilege that I had and that I had the choice of leaving. Like all along, my classmates hadn't wanted to be, hadn't, wanted to be there and they had to like their parents forced them or society forced them or whatever. That's where they were. They had no means to leave. And, um, it felt, I knew how lucky I was, or I felt that I knew how privileged I was to leave. And that made me feel sort of guilty. Um, and then again, like being, uh, doing really academically well and leaving was sort of like, I was sort of in, was very intentionally being like, your system is messed up. <laughs> I'm proving that by leaving. But I also felt guilty for telling everyone that they were stuck in a messed up system. Yeah. It's hard to do that when you have friends in that system. Yeah. Hmm. Well, okay. So you made the decision after all uh, with the support of your mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you do with your, your final year and and how did it feel different i'm curious from all of your earlier unschooling it was definitely really different it was my first time unschooling in philadelphia so i had a lot more um and i was older so i had a lot more autonomy i could get myself to interesting things a lot more easily and i did a couple different things i took some art classes at fleischer art memorial which is a really great like art studio near my house um, that offered free art classes for local teens. I did a first, what was it? A, um, not first aid, a nurse assistant training program at the Red Cross near my home, which um, was motivated by a desire at the time to become a nurse or a doctor. It seemed like a good first look into the medical world um ended up painting it found it really really <laughs> really sad <laughs> depressing environment uh and that is a great thing to learn at that age right yeah you know, instead of going through four years of nurse training or, or some ungodly <laughs> other amount of time and money <laughs> right yeah i was really glad to learn that um and by the end of that i had decided to enroll and enrolled in a trimester at Bernathan college um which is a religious university uh, or college that my stepmom worked at or continues to work at. She's still there. And I was motivated to go there because, because she was faculty, I got um, some tuition remission, but I, it was a poor fit for me in a lot of ways. I'm, but I think before I go on, I want to say a little bit more about what I did on my year of unschooling. I think yeah. the most important thing I did and the most fun thing I did was that I traveled for a month. Um, I had just turned 18 that year and I'm the youngest in my family. So my mom had decided because all her kids were grown up, she was going to unschool herself and travel around for a year. She backpacked and hitchhiked across the West coast 
and for a month in January, I flew out. Our only plan was that I was going to fly into Austin and out of Albuquerque. And we just like wandered <laughs> the Southwest together, which was really, really good. I think that going to high school, it's really, really hard not to soak up. I sort of said this already, but really hard not to soak up like the idea that school is important, <laughs> that you can only learn useful things by going to school. Um, and I think that that month of adventure was a really wonderful opportunity for me to learn in a very unschooly way where no one was um, like explicitly teaching me anything, but I learned to like navigate slightly different cultures and different cities and um, and put a lot of energy into getting to know my mom as her own like separate person, <laughs> which was really fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, in part because of getting to unschool again, I had the time, the time to do that and the space to know that that's what I wanted to do. Mm. And did you hitchhike with your mom in the Southwest? We ended up mostly getting Craigslist rides, <laughs> so classy uh. hitchhiking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, can can still be weird and sketchy though. I know. Oh, experience. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so a month out there. Uh, it sounds like you did a lot of different things. Were you also enrolled in community college? Not yet. So community college came after my trimester at Bernathan College. Um, once I decided I did not want to go back to Bernathan College, I enrolled in um, community college in Philadelphia, which I did for two years. Uh, I could say a lot about That's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me the, the synopsis of your, your community college experience. It was way better than I'd ever expected. Um, you hear a lot of bad things about community college, just like that the teachers don't want to be there. And that was really not what I wanted. I did not want to, I did not want to continue to try to learn in a place where people didn't want to teach me and people didn't want to learn. But I found that in general, at least 70, as many as, as much as 90% of the people that were attending the classes that I was taking were very committed. Um, I think that Although community college can be a place for people who didn't have it in them to apply anywhere else end up being sort of as a default. But I think that a lot of the time it's a place where people go if they didn't have the opportunity to go to school immediately after high school, they fall behind in some way and at some point decide that they really, really care about learning more about getting another degree. Mm -hmm. um, so most of the people that I met through community college were very, very committed students. And the instructors that I had were just really passionate. Um, you know, they were there because they really wanted, want to help the people that are sort of being left behind in a certain way or who aren't going to any kind of academically rigorous uh, university help them learn so they are very teaching focused nobody is distracted by research um like sometimes i've heard professors are at more prestigious colleges yes yes completely true yeah um and especially i, I did the honors program which is a uh just all like liberal arts philosophy type english that sort of thing um for one of my semesters there and it was 
the most, even I am now going to Bryn Mawr, which is uh, considered to be both by me and others, a very academically rigorous college, but honors at community college was one of the most academically challenging semesters of my life. Like it was Mm. just pushed me to think in new ways. And I just feel forever grateful for that faculty, the time and energy that they put into creating a program that amazing on the just minuscule funding that they had. Mm. So that's a really powerful Testament to that community college. Yeah. (laughs) Community college of Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Shout out. (laughs) And, uh, I want to circle back to uh, the high school experience at the end, but I, but while we are on this trajectory, fill us in on what you did after you got your associate's degree from community college and up to this moment right now. So I got my associates in sciences and then through a program, there was a program called C3 that connected community college to Bryn Mawr College, which is a college in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And I used that connection um, to apply to Bryn Mawr and I got in, um, I applied to a couple other schools as well, but ended up choosing to go to Bryn Mawr based primarily on the sense of community that I felt when I visited um, and based on wanting to go somewhere that was uh, academically, would push me academically, but would also um, I'm not quite sure how to word this. It would like push me academically, but still be very focused on community. And I felt that that would be Bryn Mawr. And it has been so far. I'm a biology major there. I have one semester left. I'm graduating this winter. And it's been an incredible experience. Bryn Mawr, more than anywhere I've ever been, is the people that are there really want to be there. I would say between 95 and 99% of the student body. <laughs> are I love just, the precision with your statistics. <laughs> they're just like very committed. They're very passionate about what they're learning about. They're um, like very zealous <laughs> um, and always up for like after class discussions and just really care about what they're learning about and care about learning and care about sharing that experience with other people. Which is so it, it, it seems like the most important metric for you, for your educational environments has been, do my peers want to be here? Are yes. they, are they motivated? Do they, Absolutely. did they choose to be here? Yeah. It's a thing. It just makes such a difference to be around people that are doing the best they can to create a good life for themselves. Um, I think that that's very, very powerful, and I want to be doing that myself. So to have other people around that are trying to do that and are shooting for our lives that are similar to the life, the life that I want to create, I think is really, really a good environment. Hmm. All right. Uh, to wrap up, let's go back to your, your time in high school at the mm-hmm. Creative and Performing Arts Charter School. And I'm, I'm curious, what do you think – you you might have gained from that experience that if you had just continued unschooling through those same years, you might not have gained. Like, yeah. what do you feel like might have been unique or or valuable or special about that experience that would have been hard to reproduce? I think it was really important for me to discover how much I like academia. Like, I think that although you can learn a lot through unschooling, you inherently cannot learn unless you go to community college or whatever, but um, it's, it's unschooling is very focused on learning 
in a way that feels natural and good and interesting for every individual person. And I think that that's wonderful and amazing, but I think it was really important for me to learn that I am capable of learning in a more structured, traditional environment because there are so many structured and traditional environments in this world already developed and um, ready to be taken advantage of. (laughs) So I think learning that I could learn and could feel supported and feel excited about learning in those more traditional environments was important for me in terms of um, creating the path that I'm currently on. I intend to go to grad school uh, for physical therapy after I graduate college. And I never, I never would have imagined that I would be able to thrive in such a structured school environment if I hadn't gone back to high school and seen that I could thrive. Wow. Uh, okay, so if you th- if you did not go back to high school, if you had just kind of continued unschooling and continued um, kind of feeling like school was just never not your place and never was going to be your place, uh, are you saying that you think you might have missed out on on this entire world of of learning that that happens in structured environments like like colleges or like high schools, and that yeah. you, you might have been you, m- you would have been poorer for that? Yeah, I think that going back to school was really important for me in that vein. I think that um, it's easy as an unschooler to negate the value of traditional learning environments, um, which I think is really important in a lot of ways because I think there's a lot of things that are wrong with traditional learning environments. But it's just a very large resource to... It's too, it's too delicious of a resource to assume <laughs> it's bad for you without ever giving it a shot. <laughs> There's just so much energy going into colleges and high schools. And um, if that is an environment in which a person can thrive, I think it's worth finding that out because, because of the learning experiences that mm-hmm. those institutions can um, provide. Yeah, the potential upsides might be huge, and it's worth investigating them. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I definitely think it's not for everyone, and I'm all for never going back to school if that's what feels good for you. But I do think it was really valuable for me. And crucially, you knew that at any moment you could stop going to school and you could never go back. Yes, that was very, very key. It's been very key for me through the whole experience of going back to school. Mm Mm-hmm. And isn't it funny, Nikaya, that, you know, that that's the situation that people are in when they go to college. You know, if you're over age 18, it's it's all about your choice and whether you want to keep going to college or not. But right. uh, we've been raised in, you know, if you go to school, K through 12, you get raised in this environment where, where you do not feel like you ever have that choice. Right, uh, yeah. It makes me wonder how many people go to college and, you know, are hearing this little voice inside of them. And, and they're saying, this does not feel like the right place or the right time for me, but but they never feel like they actually have that that autonomy, that that uh, that ability to to take a different path. Right. Um, uh, you've got me thinking, Nakaya. Uh, this is <laughs> <laughs> wonderful conversation. Thank you for sharing your experiences with me. Yeah, thanks so much for interviewing me. It's been great fun to hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed this ad-free podcast, there are many ways you can support it. You can write a review on iTunes. You can share it on social media. You already knew those, of course. Here's a more interesting one. You can get off-trail learning tattooed onto some very public part of your body. 
like the back of your neck or your forearm or uh, each of your toes. And you can show your dedication to this show that way. (laughs) You can also email it to someone who might benefit from it. Maybe you should do that instead. Or you can support it directly at offtraillearning.com slash support.